This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. How can you actually grow with AI? We talk about it all the time. We see all these new tools and softwares and, and techniques just flooding, like flooding our, our newsfeed and everything else. But how can you actually grow with them? We're going to tackle that today. Very excited for the guests that we have. So uh, before we have that conversation, let's talk about what's going on in the world of AI, because that's what we do here at Everyday AI. We're a daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter helping people understand and actually use and leverage AI. So as a reminder, if you're joining us live on the stream, make sure to drop a comment like Dr. Harvey Castro. Great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, if you are uh, listening on the podcast, check your show notes. We'll drop uh, a link so you can start joining us live if you want to, so you can learn uh, from experts. So we like to have the two-way conversation. So uh, let's talk about what's going on in the world of AI because there's actually some big news. And it starts with one of the biggest companies in the world, Apple. So Apple has uh, not actually released, but it's been reported what they're working on. They are working on Apple G uh, GPT. So they are trying to get into the AI chatbot race. Uh, we'll see as more details come out what this is actually going to mean. But here's, here's my hot take, y'all. You have to pay attention to this because Apple has uh, an advantage that hardly no one else in the world has. 2 billion devices, right? So to instantly be able to bring whatever GPT product to 2 billion uh, devices is uh, powerful, all right? So uh, let's talk about surveillance. Uh, so uh, U.S. Senator Bob Casey uh, has rolled out a first draft of legislation for the U.S. to protect workers from AI surveillance. So, you know, kind of a, a big brother bill. This isn't an, uh, an overarching AI governance bill that, I don't think is going to come anytime soon, but uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on that piece. This is one of the bigger uh, first drafts for AI kind of regulation. So uh, more on the newsletter in that. Last but not least, Google. All right. So everyone else has been making news uh, recently. Google's kind of been uh, quiet, but uh, they made a little news here in the last couple of hours when they uh, kind of uh, leaked out their Genesis AI tool. So this is essentially a new AI tool that could be a game changer or a replacer for journalists. So essentially, this new uh, Google Genesis AI model is going to be able to uh, accurately, according to Google, write news. But they say, don't worry, journalists, this isn't here to replace you. I'm not sure if I, I if I believe that. So yeah, if let me know what you guys think if you believe that or not. Uh, but uh, that's not what today's episode is about. Today's episode is about how we can actually grow with AI. Like you just heard, there's so much going on. So let's let's bring in someone who can actually start to give us some of those answers. So we have uh, Corey Lapiche uh, Warfield. He is the co-founder of Uplift and Corey AI. So many other things and projects you have going on. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Jordan, thank you so much for having me. And interestingly, I just posted about how to grow using AI on LinkedIn an hour ago. I also mentioned the Apple GPT codename Ajax, which is a peak in Colorado that I've climbed before. 
Um, and there, there's, there's just like new AI news every day. But anyway, I, I digress. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, it's exciting. And if that tells you anything, if you are, are listening or watching, Corey has a wealth of information and background in AI. So real quick, uh, Corey, for, for those that don't uh, follow you on LinkedIn or see it because you have, you're, you're everywhere on social media. So, uh, you've, you've probably seen, even if you don't know it, you've probably seen or read, uh, Corey stuff, but just give everyone just real quick a little bit about your background specifically as it relates to, you know, AI and technology. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really an anomaly. Like, I'm, I'm still surprised that I serve on some of the boards and I'm an executive at some of the companies I am because I spent most of my adulthood just kind of, you know, being a big kid. I was a waiter and bartender for almost 20 years, didn't have any business experience at all, um, you know, didn't know much about technology, although I've always been an early adopter. So I had the G1 phone, the first Google phone that slid open with the keyboard inside of it. And, you know, like I, I've always been that guy. I had the first iPhone. I've always got the newest, you know, iPhone and, and all of that. But um, I really didn't get into technology until about seven years ago, almost eight years ago. And I just got sick of never knowing when I was working in the restaurant. So I was like, the data exists. They know if there's going to be foot traffic on a Thursday. They know if it's going to rain. They know if the patio is going to be open. They know if, you know, this girl with three kids is going to want to leave at 8 p.m. Like, why, why is the schedule so weird and crazy? And why are we always on call? Right? You can't forecast when you're working or how much you make. And so I started a software company using data to help restaurants schedule more predictably. And you know, again, no clue what I was doing. I watched some Tim Draper videos on YouTube. This is, again, about eight years ago. Read the Lean Startup and Traction and, and was crazy enough to start a company. And ultimately, we raised quite a bit of money and we scaled to a lot of users. We had some national concepts using our software. And we got lucky because legislation started rolling out specifically to restaurant industries and their scheduling practices. So, you know, this was... AI's been out since the 1950s, and you know a lot of people don't realize that when you use Amazon or Alexa or Siri, you're already been using AI for years. So I don't want to say AI wasn't out then because that would be inaccurate. But AI wasn't pervasive. There really wasn't AI, you know, for the restaurant industry per se. But we were using machine learning and deep machine learning and algorithms that you know kind of. It, in today's landscape, if we'd done things just a bit cooler, would, would probably have been considered uh, generative AI as well. But so I learned how to raise money and start companies and make key hires. And, you know, I, I learned as much what not to do as I learned what to do. Um, ultimately went on to join Founder Institute as a mentor, then managing director, now entrepreneur in residence, helping, you know, hundreds of startups go from ideation to market. So, that's kind of my, my frame of reference. And at this point, I co-founded a Web3 launchpad. We have almost 20 portfolio companies building sustainably on chain with carbon neutral technology. I've done that for a while. Um, my current project, Uplift, that you mentioned is a universal basic income project using both generative AI and the blockchain to help bring UBI to the, to the world. Because my thesis is technology will take all of our jobs, and that's okay because it doesn't need our paychecks. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like I'm literally trying to 100x my own self as a professional using technology. Um, and then interestingly, we talk about today how AI can help us grow. And I've got a bunch of cool little free, you know, softwares that I love that I'm, that I'm happy to point people toward. I just mentioned one on LinkedIn this morning called Human Circles AI. But AI can also 
actually help us grow, right? Yeah. We're yeah. looking at now like AI powered nanobots inside of ourselves. We're looking at exoskeletons that can actually make us taller, stronger, right? Things of that nature. I'm seeing paraplegics able to walk now with like very, very sleek exoskeletons and generative AI and, you know, some weird stuff like brain implants, but it's uh, it's an interesting time to be alive. Did you see the, the MIT uh, student that's using a headset to read his thoughts? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that one's crazy, right? Like, talk about, like, being able to grow and actually use and leverage AI. Uh, so, so, Corey, like, just right there, I, I you know, I'm, I'm taking notes, and I, I don't even think we're going to be able to get to half of what I'd really like to talk to you about. Uh, but... Two things I wanted to, uh, t- to mention there. So kind of what we're talking about today is growing with AI. Um, and you do, you, you know, you do say, Hey, like AI will help us grow. But then also something you said is AI will be taking our job. So there's, there's some dichotomy there. So for the average person out there, explain what do you mean by that? That AI can help us grow, but yes, it will take our jobs. Well, I think. AI can not only act as almost an Akashic record, so we can not only access any information in the world like we've been able to do forever with Google, um, not forever, but since Google <laughs> became you know, accessible globally. But at, at this point, AI can help anyone not only do their job better and faster, but learn how to do any other job that they want. And as we see you know, AI powered robots in the kitchens cooking and in the in the dining room serving and making drinks. And when we see it on the construction sites, building buildings and right, 3D printers powered by AI able to build anything, you know, but especially buildings and things like that. And I'm bullish on taking a lot of the plastics in our landfills and our oceans and using that as the crude material for 3D printing. But we're seeing AI powered surgeons and doctors and telehealth. We're seeing You know, AI is the best marketer or salesperson you'll ever have, hands down. AI is replacing HR. AI is replacing, you know, virtually any position already. There's a CEO that replaced himself with AI, and the company almost 100x'd their profitability within, like, 30 days. So it's it's not a stretch to say AI can and will take almost all of our jobs. And the good news is it doesn't need paychecks. It doesn't Mm -hmm. need vacations. It doesn't have bills, right? It doesn't need to feed itself or it's, you know, other AI (laughs) models or, you know, so it's, it's an interesting time to be alive because we will witness a a pure paradigm shift. It is a dichotomy, um, but I don't think it needs to be feared. We, you know, we are the people ultimately that had the vision for the AIs that coded it and programmed it. And even though it can now kind of do things on its own and program itself and prompt itself and all of those kind of things, we can always stay ahead of the curve. Um, so I think what I, what I preach is really twofold. Everyone should learn how to prompt AI. There's no excuse at this point to not use it. It's free. It's easy. You don't need to be able to program. You barely need to be able to use a computer. There's a lot of text to everything now, but there's also voice to anything. So, you know, people just saying that they're they're not using AI, I think, is a very flimsy um, excuse that doesn't hold much water. I mean, it's, you know, other, other than, than fear or stubbornness, I, I don't think that that's, you know, really something to hide behind for much longer. But the other one is blockchain. I think everything needs to be 
uh, minted on the blockchain with smart contracts that's generated by AI. So we know where it came from, who, you know, who prompted it, what engine, you know, created and generated it and things of that nature. And if we're able to figure those out, get, get the world able to, to actually just interact with AI and have everything um, kind of have a digital paper trail, it's going to be a really exciting next couple of years for humanity. Yeah, yeah, I I agree because you know, and and one thing you mentioned, uh, kind of to open the show, Corey, is yeah, AI's been around since the fifties, and you know, the average business, uh, you, you know, large enterprise companies have been using AI in different ways, machine learning, deep learning for decades, but it is this new quote unquote, this kind of new wave of, of generative AI that's just, it's easier for, for, for the everyday person to go in there because it is more, uh, you know, user friendly to go into something like chat GPT or Bard or cloud two and to be able to use, uh, a, a, an LLM to, to grow, right? What would your, what would your advice be for someone that's kind of new to using generative AI? So whether it's, yeah, chat GPT or, you know, an easier program like, uh, you, you know, like Midjourney. but what's, what's your advice for people to maybe not have that fear of AI, you, you know, like, how would you say, here's how to use it? Here's how to grow with it for, for anyone. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. So I think the one that that has the lowest barrier to entry for me is uh, from Inflection AI, which is co-founded by LinkedIn's co-founder, Reid Hoffman. Their product is called Pi, P-I, and it's a conversational AI that's meant to be emotionally intelligent. And if someone were literally to go on there and just converse with it like it was a person, they will be working with and learning AI very quickly. So in other words, someone can go to Pi and say, hey, I've never used AI before. And Inflection AI's Pi will say, oh, you know, that that sounds like it might be stressful. Is there a reason that you haven't used it before? And like, well, yeah, because I don't know how to use it. And Pi will say, well, here, you're using it right now. Why don't you ask me a question about my capabilities or tell me something about yourself and I'll ask you some questions. Right. So all of a sudden, like, wait, I'm using AI. Right? It's, it's not judging me. It's not it's not doing anything challenging um, or, you know, the, the, the big, big elephant in the room is chat GPT. Like it, it's free to use at least the 3.5 version, which is kind of the, the go to market version. That's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And if someone goes to chat.openai, you know, they're, they're going to be able to log in with their Google or whatever. And even just going there and saying, hey, what can you do? And it'll say, I'm an AI <laughs> you know, that's only been trained up to 2021 and 
I can't do anything. And it's fun to just get it to do things it can't do. It'll be, you can ask it to do your financial projections for your company. And it'll say, I'm an AI. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're like, oh, yeah, you're an AI. You can't do that. But you're really smart. What would three things uh, be that could change that into I can do that for you? And it'll be like, well, if you asked me this or this, then I totally could have done it for you. Yeah, like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so real quick, we do we we do have a lot of you know comments and questions. I just wanted to see if we could get uh, get to one or two. Uh, Rasafa, Val, thank you for joining us. Trevor, uh, Brian, Nancy, thank you all for joining us. But a quick a, a quick question for you here, Corey from Maybrit. Um, shout out Maybrit, been listening since day one. But curious, uh, she's saying, what are your thoughts on AI powered you know Google plugins or extensions? So these Chrome extensions, she sees a a lot of talk on this so you know are these google chrome extensions uh are they worth especially ai powered ones right so you know things like uh you know monica is one there's th- there's all these different chrome extensions that you can use anywhere on the internet and you don't just have to use uh you know log into a site you know like pi or like chat gpt cory what's your take on these kind of you know chrome extensions that bring ai everywhere on the internet I'm bullish on them. I'm a techie, and so I know how much easier it is to get to market with one of these than needing like your Dunn's number and applying to get on the Apple Store. You know, they're they're these are things that can be built. Oftentimes, they're actually built with AI as well. You know, there's a number of ways that AI can program itself, build cool stuff. But um, I just make sure it's a trusted source, um, and that it can actually do something that you want it to do. In other words, our biggest resource is time. So spending time on the AIs that can actually bring you value and satisfaction. So there's generative music AIs that can make mm-hmm. your own music for mashups. There's art that can make, you know, even now there's text to movie. You can make your mm-hmm. own movie using generative AI. But if you don't love music, don't waste time on the music stuff from, from Meta. If, if, if you're not going to write a book, you know, using write Sonic's chat Sonic, then, then don't go and try that. Just find something that you would have wanted to do I do find one of the fun ones is uh, teaching people how to write books using an AI because you can go on, have it ask you for a number of ideas for a title to a book. Tell it as much as you want. You know, I always say the more input, the better the output. But tell it, hey, I want to write a book on all these things. Here's some context. Give me 10 suggestions of a title. It'll Mm -hmm. give you 10. And if you don't like any, say, I don't like any of these because they're too cheesy and corny or whatever. And then try again. It'll give you more. But once it comes up with a title that you love, you say, okay, I think I love the, the title in number seven. Please write a sample of chapters for this book. It'll spit them out. And you either say, like, those are trying too hard to be funny, those are confusing, or I love them, or I love, you know, one, seven, and ten. Can you make the other ones more like that? But so, in other words, you keep pushing the limits. Don't take no for an answer and, and don't take, you know, mediocre results. But all of a sudden, you get it to give you a t- uh, title for a book with a chapter list that you like and then you say okay please you know either emulate this tone and you upload one of your own you know articles or something or you say i want this in the style of dave barry american humorist or whatever right please write a sample first chapter make it you know ten thousand words 10 pages long you know just go until your capacity and then continue in a second message and then all of a sudden it's starting to write a book for you. It's about what you wanted in your tone with your frame of reference, right? And w- within 10 minutes, someone can start to have a first draft of a book that AI helped write with them kind of as the oversight steering co, you know, like the, yeah. the, the, the publisher at large. 
And just doing that exercise, whether or not you want the book or whether or not you do anything with it, starts to just show the potential. Or another great one is like taking a quarterly report, a 50-page quarterly report from your company, uploading it in, into a GPT uh, code interpreter or something and saying, please distill this to 10 bullet points and tell me any of the things that I would absolutely need to know if my boss grills me about this tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Do it instantly. So I think it's just playing with it and having fun, whatever it is that could add value, you know, to you and your professional life or even yeah. personal life. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Yes, you can use all of these tools both personally and professionally. And I think if you're listening, yes, like uh, you, you know, we have a comment from George here. You know, can you share the names of all these platforms? Absolutely, because uh, Corey is kind of like a, a Rolodex or an encyclopedia of all the different you, you know AI tools and techniques. Um, so, so uh, another question that I have uh, for for you, Corey, is you know when people start using these generative AI tools, kind of like you said all of a sudden they know yeah i could use you know cloud for writing but then i could use you know this other product to make music i could write this to to, to write a book all of these other things right it's it's opening up so many new possibilities um but what do you see right because you've been in tech and in ai for a long time and i think sometimes these uh especially in the age of the internet quote unquote um you, you know it takes sometimes years for uh, certain technology to you know to catch on in the in the 90s the 2000s, but personally, I don't think generative AI is going to be like that. I think it's going to be a little faster. So, what would you uh, advise to someone, whether they're a a business owner or maybe they're a you know director in a in, in, at a large company? What would you tell them about kind of quote unquote catching or riding the generative AI wave? Like, can companies continue to ignore it and not implement it and just ban it? No, no, I think companies that try to ignore it and or deflect it like a ban um, are probably going to be out of business in the next 18 months. I don't think there's any company in any industry that can't fully embrace AI right now because otherwise competitors will either pop up or competitors that are legacy to them will embrace AI and will absolutely, you know, they'll be able to run it 90% less, you know, overhead. They'll be able to be, you know, thousand times more productive so i don't i don't think there's any any industry even if it's you know plumbing the plumbing industry will absolutely be disrupted by ai <laughs> right um i mean there's there's not an industry i can think of culinary um you know graphic design that that i don't believe will be 100 percent impacted by ai so what people need to do is first of all understand there's nothing that ai can't do already so if you have a business, anything that you would need AI to do is possible. There's a, a website, and I actually am joining the team of a competitor. So I'll, I'll say I have no problem with this website, but I think they leave a lot to be desired. Uh, but right now, there's a website called there's an AI for that .com. Mm -hmm. They went to 10 million uh, users of their website, I think, in the first 14 days. They're already valued at like $50 million. And all they have, and it is when you search for something, there's a hand that does this on the screen, which is pretty cool. I think that's like the best, you know, uh, sell, you know, imposed screensaver I've ever seen. But it just aggregates 6,000 AIs. So you go on there and you say movie creator or PDF um, summarizer or YouTube video summarizer, data analyst or anything. And it'll give you a list. Now, you know, ideally it would... Yeah, I don't want to give away too much of what we're we're doing um, to kind of take their basic premise to the next level. But 
you know, it would be nice if it showed you how to use stuff and right if it could actually stack rank knowing what your use cases were and things like that. But there's there's nothing that a, an executive or a visionary entrepreneur or something couldn't use AI for right now. Websites done. Go to Gamma or Tomi. You can have a beautiful website in five minutes for free with AI. Right. Like, I mean, there's just there's nothing. It, Use Bloomberg GPT if you want to, you know, work mm-hmm. with your finances or, I mean, right, the list goes on and on. So yeah. I think just embracing it rather than being the person who say, well, it's never going to take my job or it can't do this. Like, those are the people that are going to be really glad that people like me are working on UBI soon because they'll be out of a job and a career. Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, not even, not even to get into that, but I've, I've talked about this before, you know, there's, there's a reason that, uh, Sam Altman, the, uh, you know, the head guy now at open AI is, is a huge advocate for, for UBI. Right. Um, all right. So Corey, we talked about so much in today's episode. Like we're going to have a lot of work putting out this, this, this newsletter today where we recap everything that, that Corey's talked about. So if you're, if, if your head is spinning and if you're, you're currently, you know, have 20 tabs open, um, you know, trying to look up all these uh, things that, that Corey just dropped, don't worry. Uh, we're going to have that in our, in our free daily newsletter. But Corey, if there's one thing now, right? Cause people I, I, I think are going to be, oh, okay, I can do this, this, and this, and this. What's the one thing, the one uh, piece of advice that you would have for someone now who's a little more excited than they were uh, 23 minutes ago? What's that one piece of advice for them to actually use AI? So that's an easy one, and it's it's the right question to ask. Just learn how to prompt, and it's this easy. If you were to hire a new employee or an assistant, right? If you were to hire an executive assistant, you would train them first. Right. You wouldn't start telling them what to do without training them and giving them some context. Do that for your AI. You would know the persona of that person. But AI is so smart that it needs to be given a persona. So if you have trained your AI and right now you want to do it in the same channel because it doesn't inherently remember you. Um, OpenAI is working on a profiles for ChatGPT that will drop soon that fixes that. But for now, every time just train it on what you need it to know, give it some context, then give it a persona. In other words, if you say, act as a social media manager, go through my last thousand posts and find trends that help my my posts get over 100,000 views, um, it'll do it, right? But it needs that persona because otherwise, if you just give it a file and say, find some trends, it'll say, well, it looks like every time you use the word X, (laughs) you know, you're, you're talking about Y, and it just won't will miss the mark. But if you if you train your AI, if you treat it kindly, right? Please and thank yous go a long way with with people and AI. But give it a persona and then as much context as you can, and continue to kick the can down the road. Don't take the first thing that it spits out as being like, oh, that's all it can do. Say, okay, that's great. Make it a little funnier. Make it a little longer. That's actually not what I was looking for. If it gives you something and you say, that's not exactly what I was hoping for. I wanted it to be a bit more of this. It'll literally say, oh, I'm sorry, (laughs) and try again, (laughs) right? But learning how to prompt is key and training your AI and, you know, being patient with it, understanding that it's learning with you, um, I think is the way to really figure out how to take AI and help it do anything or help it help you do anything that you wanted it to. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Corey, it's so perfect that you mentioned that analogy of like 
you 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 talk to a, a GPT like you're talking to an employee. That's the exact example we use. We have a free uh, prompting course where that's the exact example we use. So I love that you said that. Uh, and, and throw uh, if, if if you are listening or watching, just uh, you know drop a PPP in the comment, and I'll send you information on that free course. So my gosh, Corey, we covered so much. I wish we could talk for three hours, but uh, I I want to be respectful of your time. But thank you so so much for coming in and sharing your your insights, background, and experience uh, with the everyday AI uh, crew. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening. I truly appreciate your time. All right. And just as a reminder, yes, Corey rattled off so much information. Don't worry. You don't have to take notes. You don't have to download this video and use an AI to summarize it. We'll have that in our daily newsletter. It usually goes out around 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So there's a link in the comments to sign up for that. Also, we are giving away six months of uh, uh, chat GPT plus uh, and six free one-on-one lessons. Uh, and uh, actually, ChatGPT just extended uh, the uh, the plus from 25 messages to 50 messages every three hours, just FYI. So, uh, all right. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And we hope to see you back tomorrow and every day with Everyday AI. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.